Welcome back to the Hardline. Enter at your own risk. Matt Whitener and Hannah Gates. I'm Eric Messersmith. It's the Hardline, powered by Johnny Londoff Chevrolet. The Blues getting set for Game 4 of the Wild with the Wild. They have a couple of days off, a 3-0 series lead for St. Louis. This St. Louis Blues Report is brought to you by Dirt Cheap, your one-stop party shop. It's been an incredible start for the Blues. They're out, been outshot in these three games by nearly 40, and yet they're up three games to none. Yeah, look, are they sometimes getting outplayed? Absolutely. They de- definitely did in the first game, and they definitely did in the second period last night, that's for sure. Um, but it doesn't matter. Jake's standing on his head, and a lot of those shots are coming from bad angles, but we're retrieving the rebounds of those bad angle shots now. The first game we weren't, and that's why they kept hemming us in. But now we're getting those rebounds, we're kicking it to the center, and we're out. And we're slowing them down in neutral zone, too. Let's talk about it with Chris Kerber, the play-by-play man for KMOX of the St. Louis Blues, on the radio, joining us now on the Ryan Kelly phone lines. What's up, Kerber? Hey, you? What's up, buddy? What's going on, my man? Hey, I got before we start, I, I got I to gotta say, I had a great time at the game last night, but that beginning uh, show that you guys put on with the laser lights and then the Guys' faces on on the ice was fantastic. That was that was that presentation was was great. It got me pumped up, and I'm sure it got the boys pumped up. The crowd was crazy, so I just got to give you a compliment on that, Kirby. I don't know how much you had to do with that, but it, it was a that was a fun pregame intro, dude. Yeah, you know it really was cool. I, I didn't have much to do with that cam. That was uh, you know, Jason Pippi and Chris Brome and our production crew. Uh, you know Peter Jablowski and Eric Siders and Trevor Nickerson. They they, they really killed it. And I can tell you this. It just wasn't even close. The level of excitement, the crowd noise, and the atmosphere in that building was far and above greater than what we saw in Minnesota. And uh, and I think Blues fans deserve a ton of credit for it. it. It was just awesome. Did you see, even in warm-ups, it was packed, Kirby. It was packed in warm-ups. Yeah. It was so funny. I'm driving down from Eureka. I'm going up 44, going ahead in the Scott trade. Every single car that we passed and that passed us had a Blues jersey on. Every single one, honking at each other. It was like a party driving down to Scott Trade Center last night. The fans were crazy, and my ears are bleeding from them screaming so loud last night, man. Yeah, and, and I think Wednesday night, see, see, this is a pretty good plan. On Sunday, you get them all hyped up on Easter candy and then start the hockey game. And then on, uh, you know, on Wednesday, with an 8.30 start at Scott Trade Center, you know, we get them a little sauced up. Yeah, and ready to go with a little extra time for the pregame parties. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 okay with the way things are rolling right Me now. Me too. And Blues fans love to drink, that's for sure. But look, look, Kirby, I, I got to start with this. Uh, Jake Allen, have you ever seen anything like it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I saw, you know, I've seen Marty go in spurts and playing unbelievable when I play with him. And then when we played uh, in 2012 against the uh, against the LA Kings, and what Jonathan Quick did to our team was kind of like the same thing Jake Allen is doing now. The guys on on Minnesota are getting absolutely frustrated. Have you seen a goalie play like this before? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it before. It's just he's backstopping a really strong team game right now. And, I mean, go back to 2009 when Chris Mason put together an entire second half of a hockey season that, uh, 
you know, that, that, that catapulted the Blues from 15th in the West to a number six in the West in a playoff spot. Um, you see it, and you're right. You, you brought up some good examples. Uh, you know, Pecorini right now is doing it to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Jonathan Quick it did it to the St. Louis Blues, uh, you know, a few years ago, as you mentioned. It, there's examples of it, but it, it just shows you just how important it can be. Because, look, while Jake Allen is getting a lot of credit, Devin Dubnik hasn't allowed more than two goals in the game. I know. I know. You know, I mean, the, the goaltending in this series has been doggone good, but it shows you how fine that line is where Jake Allen has had to be that good to give the Blues a chance to win because of the way Devin Dubnik has been playing. Carefully, we all saw Bruce Boudreau storm out yesterday after it seemed like a pretty normal question. Uh, do you think Mike Yo is getting in his head a little bit? He had some weird things during the game. Uh, down one nothing early in the first period. Boudreau puts his fourth line out there in their zone. The commentators all had something to say about that. What do you think? Well, listen, no, I, I don't think Mike Yo is getting in Bruce Boudreau's head. Uh, knowing Bruce Boudreau like I know him, and he's one of the, my, the favorite people I've, I've ever met in this business. Uh, he's an amazing guy with a great personality. He is an absolute competitor, and unfortunately his team, finds himself down 3 nothing, and, 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 and clawing for some answers. They made some lineup changes. They made some line changes again. And, and the question that was asked of him when he ended the press conference uh, is one where, you know, I think Bruce's emotions got the best of him, where he, look, I mean, I don't think Minnesota has played a bad series by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it's just the Blues have found a way to get the key saves and get the key goals at, at the right time. I think it just saw a competitive head coach uh, that, you know, is typically extraordinarily great around the media and, um, you know, just in the end was a little fired up that his team lost 3 nothing. I Look, I, Bruce Boudreaux's had some bad playoff luck in some respects when you look at the game sevens he's gone to or, you know, having him go into series with goaltenders with little experience and that kind of stuff. But um, I, I don't know that it's in his head. He's a, he's a pretty level-headed guy. What do you think he's going to change then, Kirby? I mean, he's got to do something here. They're not getting, they're not getting goals, man. They're not putting up points. I mean, yes, they've had some chances, but Allen seems like he's not out of his his league when he's making these saves, though. You know, he's making, he seems in complete control. So, what do you think Minnesota needs to do? What do you think Boudreaux is going to do to try to change up the momentum here? Maybe get a momentum swing. How are they going to get goals on him? What do you think they're going to change? You know what? It's really a great question, Cam. Uh, I think. The truth is, I don't know. I mean, I he's done he's done some line juggling. He's done some line changes. He's um, um, he's he's done some line juggling. He's he's done some line changes, and uh, and and it just hasn't quite worked for him. I, Zach Parise, I think, has had a terrific series so far. I think they need a few more guys, honestly, playing a little bit more like like Zach Parise has been playing because uh, Zach Parise has been crashing the net. He's been uh, making plays, and for Minnesota to get back into this series, they're going to have to turn around and 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 get themselves right back into the, uh, you know, right back into it by getting more traffic in front of Jake Allen. That, that that's the only thing I think that changes for Minnesota. They're getting the chances, but the Blues are doing a great job of boxing them out. And I don't know that what Minnesota needs to do is something that they really can do because there might be a real size mismatch 
with their forwards coming up against the Blues defensemen. That's true, no doubt about it. But we're also slowing them down. I mean, they 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 love scoring goals off the rush, and they're just not getting any rush opportunities. Kirby, they're they're stopping them in the neutral zone. They're going right at them in the neutral zone. They're causing havoc, and they're slowing them down. Do you think? Well, well, you know what they're doing, Suki. You're, you're you're absolutely right there. They're they're making the wild, put the puck back in, and then and chip around and and go and go yeah. get the puck on on the forward side. Um, and then and then it's playing into the into the Blues' hands of what the Blues are doing in the defensive zone. Uh, but nonetheless, Minnesota really has done a great job in this series of of winning some real key battles. You know, of winning more of these puck battles. Remember. You saw the Blues even in that final ninety seconds. They won a couple of those faceoffs, mm-hmm. but Minnesota was able to get the puck back before the Blues could clear the zone. Um, and and but, but the Blues have just kind of stayed very steady, and, and and that's really been the key to to the success that they've had is they haven't gotten too high, they haven't gotten too low, and and, and they've managed the ebbs and flows of the game pretty well. Chris Kerber joining us, the Blues play-by-play man here on the Ryan Kelly phone lines, and the Blues are sticking to their strategy, Chris, that that they started. Uh, when Mike Yo took over with the zone defense, which t- taking away the middle of the ice. Yes, Minnesota's getting a ton of shot attempts, but a large chunk of those are coming from out high. The Blues aren't giving up that many real high-quality looks. So the shot attempts, people look at those, and that, I think that's a little deceiving. Well, you know, I do think Minnesota has been getting some grade-A scoring chances. Uh, what they haven't been getting is the grade-A second chances. So when the goalie does what he's supposed to do, Minnesota hasn't found that too many second opportunities. They did finally in the goal they scored yesterday. They made it five on five, uh, but but there hasn't been a lot of those second and third opportunities uh, at pucks right in front of the net, and that's been a huge difference. For example, you know Chris Stewart brings that puck out from the end boards, puts comes right to the middle, and Jake Allen just smothers it up and doesn't give up that rebound, and the puck doesn't come loose until the whistle blows. And 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 that that really has has been the key. The Blues have been hard. You know, when they, when they talk about hard on the sticks, as Cam knows real well, you know, they've been making sure that Minnesota's sticks haven't been able to get to some of those loose pucks. Uh, the Blues have had some favorable bounces. But at the same time, you know, Minnesota has as well. I mean, that game could have gone to 3 nothing if two posts don't get hit yesterday. So um, it, it's been a real interesting series, but it's been a real tight one. I, I don't know that it's going to take a whole lot for Minnesota to necessarily turn the series other than get, you know, uh, you know, get one win and see how it goes. That's the way they're going to focus on it. I think if the Blues come out and they and they really can find a way to take the first period like they did in Game Three, then then they could have a real favorable result uh, the rest of the way through the second and third periods on Wednesday. Chris, the Blues finally had some success on a power play, making them one for nine so far. Obviously, that needs to pick up for them to continue some success, um, but. Luckily, they've been lucky. The penalty kill has been effective, but everyone's saying, oh, the loss of Kevin Shattenkirk, the loss of Kevin Shattenkirk. Obviously, you can't buy that as the full picture. So what do you really see being their biggest struggle with the power play right now? Why is it not more successful? Well, sometimes I think uh, sometimes we forget to give credit to the opposition, and you realize there's an entire team on the other side of you know paid pro hockey players that are trying to do the same thing you're doing. And this, the special teams in this series, what's going on, with each team having just one power play goal, shouldn't surprise anybody. Both both teams' power plays and both teams' penalty kills were top ten in the league. Um, the Minnesota Wild gave up 37 power play goals in the regular season, the second fewest power play goal total of any team in the league, uh, and and they've done a pretty good job of it. Now, the, the Blues' power play, but before scoring that goal, had some real good looks. 
I think uh, where the Blues power play really had some issues in the first two games was entering the zone and, and getting in with possession, and, and that was the real key. Uh, I, I think to them at least getting some chances yesterday was getting set up and, and then getting that puck movement going around. Uh, the Minnesota's penalty killing re- really has been very good. The, the the penalty killing of the Blues has been good all season long as well, and Minnesota's power play was, you know finished at 21%, which was their highest total, uh, frankly, in franchise history uh, by the end of the season. But, again, they're going up against the Blues' penalty kill, you know, that was under Mike Yo, and season long was 84%, but under Mike Yo was 88%. Uh, I mean, that's that tells you something about the way this team has been defending since Mike Yo took over. And, and, and that, that, that's a real key to, to this thing. I don't, I guess, I guess you could find plenty of examples going the other way, but, um, you know, we've seen teams, we've seen teams have win in the playoffs where the power play hasn't been clicking. What you don't see teams do is win in the playoffs where the penalty kill is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that's because, you know, these NHL refs and, they're going to find a way. They look down. Oh wait, one team has two. We got to get the other team two power plays. Uh, and I know they never come out and say that, but it's just amazing how close that always comes. Uh, you know, but uh, but but to me, more important than the power play clicking is is the penalty killing staying hot. Because as Cam knows, when you have a penalty kill that's rolling, that seems to give the confidence to the team to play a little more aggressively, and that can make a huge difference. You no, know, nothing worse than taking a penalty that you didn't do anything and on, all of a sudden you get scored on and on in the playoffs like the couple calls with the Joel Edmondson we don't need to get too too into it but god they drove me crazy yesterday the the second call on Joel Edmondson he's skating to the box well, looking back at the ref like what are you doing to me like my how god like, how would you like to be Ryan White okay Ryan oh. White's in the penalty box when the Blues score the game winning goal mm-hmm. the, the power play goal it wasn't Ryan White's stick nope okay now it was a high stick but that high stick came from Martin Hansel, and it was kind of part of that follow-through shot. You can make the case that that shouldn't even have been a penalty. Exactly. But because they had the wrong guy, and the position that Ryan White was in didn't look like a shot, the referee kind of, they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. The, the penalty on, okay, I, I think it's nitpicky, that first cross-check, but so be it, okay? The, the, the hands were spread, the stick came out. You know, the, the league would look at that and justify it. The roughing penalty is the one that's blow, that, that, that blew my mind. And here's here's my whole thing on this, and before I end up on too much of a soapbox and a tirade. <laughs> you, first off, don't guess. If I put a microphone in front of a referee at the end of the game, they better be able to say, I'm 100% damn sure this is what I saw. Not this is what I think I saw. This is what I know I saw. Mm-hmm. If, if the word think comes into it all, let it go. We're better off with, with the emotion and the play not – not, not getting stopped. The second part of it, to me, and it always comes down to this, it's the standard, okay? Can you maintain that standard? Well, there is no way with that roughing joke of a penalty that was called on Joel Edmondson yesterday that those two guys could maintain that standard even on the next series of play, much less throughout the game. And I'll give you a quick example of standard. In game two, when Suter was about to get hit, he got his stick up high, and I think it was on Vladimir Saboka, and they ended up calling Stewart for elbowing. Later on in that same game, when Scotty Upshaw kind of swung his arm back to protect himself a little bit, and he got the Minnesota forward in the face, whether you think it was nitpicky or not, it was still a very similar play, and they called them both. And I'm okay with that. It's no different than, let's say, an umpire is calling a high strike mm-hmm. that you know is borderline, but he's calling it throughout the game, adjust to it. 
But when they call that kind of junk like they called on Joel Edmondson for roughing, Mm -hmm. right, and don't get it right, it can seriously impact how guys play in the game, and that's wrong. And there is no doubt that with, number one, the, the officials in the National Hockey League getting younger, that the NHL has to find some level of training and some level of work because it has been far too inconsistent night in and night out from one game to the next, from one series to the next, as you're watching the playoffs. And I think it's an issue. And it's taboo to say that. Uh, you're not supposed to say it. You know, officials are apparently uh, beyond critique in every sport. But the National Hockey League needs some level of improvement. And I think it has to start at some basic training of some of the younger guys, keeping some of your older guys around as long as you possibly can to give the younger guys a chance to grow and to battle, whatever it may be. But in the long run, I think that there is no doubt that the officiating can be better throughout the entire league. Chris, before we let you go, tonight here on 590, we're going to have the broadcast of Game 3 of the Blackhawks and the Predators starting at 8.30. Nashville, very surprisingly, is up two games to none in that series. Do you think that, that Chicago makes a comeback? Well, they did to us a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> years ago so I, We've seen I this far too closely. You'd be, abs- oh. yeah, you'd be absolutely nuts to rule nuts. that out. Uh, coming back from 2 nothing happens plenty of times. Yes, coming back from 3 nothing, I think it's only happened 4 um, look, look Pecorino's had a great couple of series. Now, you, you look at the Chicago Blackhawks here, and while you sit there and you think it's this juggernaut of, of guys that have been there and done that, they actually have some pretty key players, whether it be Hartman, Panarin, you know, uh, Schmaltz, and, and, about, and two or three others, uh, Rasmussen, that are playing a lot of minutes, that frankly have not been there and done that, and they have not actually even won a series. Remember, Panarin's rookie year was last year, and the Blues beat them in seven games. Mm-hmm. He, he's not... He's not playoff tested, although I did. I really love the way he's been playing. Uh, but you know, it, it, there's a little difference there. So um, there's growth coming on their part. I don't think anybody should rule out the Blackhawks. But don't forget, much like we've talked about uh, Jake Allen, Pekarene has been a world class goaltender, and he has the ability to do it. And for some reason, the Nashville Predators seem to have had uh, Crawford's number come playoff time lately. Remember a couple years ago when Chicago had to roar from behind to beat the the Predators. They actually went away from Crawford and went to Darling in that series. So um, it, it, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching it. It'll be a fun one. And I, I love the fact that you guys are carrying the game. Uh, we'll hear from my good buddy Pete Weber, who does just a great job. Uh, and he, well, he's just an all-time great when it comes to broadcasting hockey. So uh, it, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm thrilled that you guys are bringing that to the fans. Cool, my man. Thanks, Kirby. you the man. I'll see you Wednesday night, dude. Okay, guys, uh, thanks. We'll see you guys at the rink. Thanks, awesome. Chris. Chris Kerber, the play-by-play voice of the St. Louis Blues on the radio over on KMOX. He'll have a call Wednesday night. And, again, the Blackhawks in Nashville tonight right here on 590. The fans starting at 830. Then they'll take a couple of days off. Their game four of that series will be Thursday night at 7, and we'll have that one here on 590 as well. This Blues Report brought to you by Dirt Cheap. Turn Cinco de Mayo into Cheapo de Mayo, your local Dirt Cheap, where all of your Mexican favorites are always on the cheap with the largest selection of tequilas. Also, Mexican beers featuring Modelo, Dos Equis, and Corona, ready to drink with premium margaritas as well, and, of course, all the necessary party supplies, such as the Jose Cuervo salt and ice. Download the Dirt Cheap app for a list of convenient area locations and to get a free Dirt Cheap can koozie, Dirt Cheap, your one-stop party shop what's their motto cam cheap cheap fun fun you got it yeah for everything you want to know for everything you need to know live on radio here's matt rocchio with the hardline news update 
Matt Carpenter is dealing with a fingernail issue and is out of today's lineup. Jose Martinez will start at first base for the Cardinals when they take off the Pirates tonight as they kick off a three-game homestand. Tonight's pitching matchup, Lance Lynn, searching for his first win of the season, faces off against the righty Yvonne Nova. In Game 2, Mike Leake will face off against Chad Cool. In the Game 3 line matchup right now is Michael Waka versus Garrett Cole. Blues will go for the sweep on Wednesday night at Scott Trade. Puck drop is scheduled for 8.30 p.m. Unsurprisingly, but now official Kansas freshman Josh Jackson has declared for the NBA draft following a 16-7 line in a Big 12 championship in his one season in Lawrence. In today's Boston Marathon, it was a sweep for two Kenyans as Joffrey Karui won the 121st edition of the race and Edna Kiplagat took the top of the women's podium. We also saw the best showing by Americans since the race went professional 31 years ago with two of the top four women's spots and six placing in the top seven, uh, top ten of the men's pool. And unfortunately for all you St. Louis soccer fans, Cronkies Arsenal takes it 2-1 over 19th place Middlesbrough as Mesmer Ozeo puts one in in the 71st minute. I'm Rat Rocky with your 590 Sports Update. Boo. Boo Ernst. Boo Ernst. Always rooting against Everything Crocky. it is to fail. Everything. The KFNS and InsideSTL.com Listener Rewards Spring Auction is coming up this week, Wednesday through Friday. You can save up to 60% on items such as tires from Fairway Automotive and Mike's Automotive, a season-long baseball parking pass from Premier Parking, a $5,000 gift certificate to Amini's 314golf.com memberships, a four-hour full liquor bar from Liquid Spirits as well. Ooh. Also, listen to this, Cam. How about a Gateway Grizzlies hot tub suite? You oh, have some fun snap. with that, man. Hell yeah. And a few of our listeners would like to go with you. I'm, to sure, that, I'm sure You can log on to InsideSTL.com and click on the Listener Rewards Spring Auction. It begins this Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Eric Messersmith, Cam Jansen, TJ Moe. Matt Whitener and Hannah Yates with you. You're listening to The Hard Line, powered by Johnny Londoff Chevrolet. We're back next talking St. Louis Cardinals baseball on 590 The Fan.